Hi there, folks. It's Roger from There Be Giants. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Talk. And as you often know, I kind of like to um, have a look and dig a bit deeper into things that interest me and, you know, prick my curiosity. And I've got to say, today is going to be one of those days because um, I came across a really interesting article on HBR uh, 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 just before Christmas. Uh, looking at the, um, uh, the, the, the the new way that perhaps we need to look at projects. Now, I know this isn't OKRs, uh, but OKRs interface with projects all the time because the two things are about transformation in organizations. So, um, unashamedly, I reached out to the author of that article, and I'm very pleased to say that here today we have Antonio Nieto Rodriguez with us all the way from Madrid. So welcome, Antonio. Thank you, Roger. It's a pleasure to be here on your podcast. Uh, I've listened to some of your discussions. They're really, really interesting. So looking forward. Yeah, very much so. Thank you, Antonio. Now, just for listeners, just to kind of give give you a bit of a, a sense of so Antonio's uh, background, he's the author of the HBR uh, Review uh, Project Management um, Handbook. Uh, he's written five other books, uh, uh, and the HBR article, Project Economy Has Arrived. His research has gone on to have impact globally and is recognized by Thinkers50 and also is a, is a pioneer and leading authority in, in teaching and advising executives in the science of strategy implementation and mm. modern project management. Uh, and not to mention also, just as <laughs> in addition to that, you're a visiting professor at seven leading business schools. So, uh, you know, very warm welcome to you. Very warm welcome. Um, I wonder if we could uh, dive in to the, uh, to, to, to kind of the article that you wrote, just to kind of, uh, what really struck me, right, is because um, way back in my former past, former life rather, um, I used to work in IT infrastructure mm. and we did a lot of projects that were very um, methodical and uh, very much back in the sort of 90s, it was, it, Prince 2 was the was the default yeah. methodology and it was, mm-hmm. I think it was actually originally devised by government, in fact, here in the UK yeah. anyway. And that was absolutely pure waterfall and it was incredibly incredibly um uh, detailed and 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 in some respects was good but in other respects we saw budget overruns on projects constantly and it was really really difficult to um uh, to to see how it would work with particularly in the technology space uh, you know keep pace with the changing you know cha- cha- with, 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 with the ever-evolving nature of technology and uh, consequently the ever-evolving sort of nature of a uh, change of scope and requirements so i was drawn to your article because you were kind of asking you know should we now give give up the fight or between waterfall and agile and look for a new way forward so so tell us more about you, your 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 thinking around that then well it's uh, yeah, i think you go straight to the point roger and, and i think for me the biggest driver before going into <coughs> the methods and so on is that 
there are facts which are very upsetting for me as somebody that loves the profession of projects transformation is the failure rate. So uh, you look at research from Harvard, from McKinsey, Standish, Cow's Report, PMI, and the failure rate in transformations in projects is, is yeah. it's appalling. It's like 60-70% of transformation projects fail and we keep doing the same things as if nothing happens. I think this is a bit of uh, a shameful uh, if if you want to be a bit provocative, is how how do you want to keep doing the same things in the same way and get different results, right? Yeah. So that was the driver to look at what is behind this, and 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 one of the areas there's several areas that we could address, but one of them was the methods, right? Is is imagine you're the chef of a, a big restaurant, but you don't have the tools, or you're using always the same tool. Your 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 dishes are going to be really poor. So it's a bit the same. We've been using methods that were developed, like you said, uh, Prince Two was developed 40 years ago. PMI, PMBOK was developed 40, 50 years ago. So these are tools that have not evolved then, and the world mm -hmm. has changed so much. Um, Agile was disruptive in the 2000s because they brought something different, um, fresh, light, uh, simple, fast. Yeah. And they, I'm not surprised about their success and, and their growth and their attention in, in many spaces, including senior leadership as, as a way of implementing strategies and projects. And then <clears throat> that kind of uh, turning point when Agile became very popular, uh, turning to uh, what we see in other spaces in our lives is polarization. So one was good, the other one was bad, the mm -hmm. other one is the enemy. So yeah. people, uh, people uh, th th there's nothing worse than putting agile people with the more waterfall people. They kill <laughs> each other, right? They, they even put them in different floors in companies because this is like, and this has been created, I don't know if it's a bit artificially on purpose, but it's so negative. It's just uh, why should we hate people that use agile? Why should we hate people that use the more waterfall? That's a bit kind of the the context to the article where I started to do more research and my own experience. But I think that polarization has not been good. We've not seen increase on success rates. We just even increase yeah. uh, failure. So there's something wrong. And it's kind of that setting where I come from. Right. Okay. So, you know, you're very much against the, the polarization, um, yeah. which, which makes, makes a lot of sense because that rarely in any area, in any aspect leads to a good outcome. So, okay. We have this, you know, these two camps that have, mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that often don't speak to each other. So what do you see as being the new way? You know, you talk about neither of them necessarily evolving, um, though you could argue Agile has to some extent, but um, uh, I think there are even factions, perhaps even within, within Agile itself, which may, mm. may not really speak to each other, which perhaps doesn't, doesn't help the cause at all. No. But um, so what do you see as being the, the, the third way, if you will? Uh, the third way is combining the best of both worlds um, and um, and I, th I think not every project needs to use both there's clearly some projects some spectrum of projects that 
agile is beautiful and it's perfect. Don't try to make a, a detailed scoping and then make a detailed plan and then execute. On, on the other hand, the same. There's some projects where waterfall, when you look at the infrastructure projects, are mostly waterfall. So, But uh, for me, where we're moving is to... Uh, a mix. It depends. Every project will have a mix of some of the hybrid, uh, the uh, agile concepts, which mm. are very, very strong. I think focus on benefits, focus on sprints, uh, getting feedback from the customer, sitting all together. These are great, but the pitfalls of agile, we know them, right, Roger? There's no way to plan the future. Yeah. It's really hard to estimate. There's no documentation. So you don't use that for really regulated projects. It's a bit difficult. On the other side, you have the waterfall. There's quite some big pitfalls, which is the rigidity that you, 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 you it's really hard to make changes, right? Mm -hmm. This was on mm -hmm. purpose many years ago. Now it doesn't make that much sense. So for me, we're moving into here's a range of sets. And Roger, one thing that I want to emphasize is not just the waterfall prints to versus the agile. I think we need to start bringing more tools into this tool set and OKRs would be one of them. Uh, Lean Sync Sigma, for example, yeah. Lean Startup and Change Management <laughs> is another one. So I think we're moving in a direction where the project lead, transformation lead, strategy implementation profession will adapt and use the tools according to the project and according to the phases of the project, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I think we've been trying to polarized to focus okay you can do all your projects just following these steps that's not the way the world functions today so hybrid means use the best tools um, that you think will deliver your project better right and and the only last point i don't like to answer too long roger but i've done two polls two polls one yeah. in lincoln two thousand replies yesterday i had a webinar with pmi more than 3,000 people on the call. And I answer, are you using hybrid? Are you using just waterfall, agile, or hybrid? 80%, 80% of the response, they're using hybrid methods. So right. practitioners are already using this kind of best guest approaches, but there's nothing on the theory, on the best practice yet. So we're using it. I'm sure you're using it, Roger. I'm using it. Nobody told me. It just yeah. makes sense. So it's kind of it's kind of practitioners have kind of organically, Dreaming. you know, developed their own mm. way of doing it. Um, exactly. And it, it's, it, it sounds like you know the owners of these um, well-established methodologies just are kind of not 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 stepping up to the mark and not not actually uh, coming up with that that hybrid methodology exactly exactly and, mm. and i think that's where i'm a bit puzzled and i just launched a new research to find out about hybrid what does it mean because mm. there's no research there's no very very few academic uh, work or not even academic so i think it's a <coughs> it's a it's a situation where we need to define it we have the opportunity to define what we want to call hybrid um and the challenge for us in this profession is that when you talk to senior leaders hybrid for them is do you work from home or from the office yeah. right so we also need to come up with something that makes <laughs> sense to senior leaders to embrace it so yeah. that's also one of the challenges i'm trying to not myself but with with the experts to come up with a, a proposal 
And if if any of our listeners um, kind of find themselves actually um, recognizing that they're taking a hybrid approach, is there a way that they could um, get involved in this research? Are you, are you are you looking to you know collect data on it? I'm I'm assuming in some way. Yeah, Roger, absolutely. I will send you a link that you can share. It's going to be open for for weeks. It's a survey monkey. And All then right. there will be a white paper and looking for best practice. And I'm sure in your field, Roger, this is something that's happening in strategy implementation. Okay, yeah. people will will certainly be uh, users of already some kind of hybrid method. So okay. Um, okay. Um, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Okay, no problem. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. Yeah. Just to just to kind of take a step back, though, um, for those who are still very much either in one camp or another, um, can can you just do a quick summary of 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 where you see waterfall being really useful and where you see its limitations? Let's just be really clear on 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 that, and then we can do the same for agile in a second. But let's just start off with waterfall. So. Where's it? What's it good for, and what's it not so good for? Yeah. So let's start with uh, with waterfall. I think <clears throat> waterfall is great when you want to have kind of clarity on on what you want to develop. Right? It's, it's really should we go into that market? Should we build that kind of structure? Should we develop that? When you want clarity, when you want detailed requirements, when you want to be most sure about your budget and your resources and mm. your timelines. Um, so this is type of merger and acquisition type of work. Uh, you have that in construction, infrastructure. Uh, this type of projects, you need that kind of waterfall approach where you spent a lot of time in the thinking into the the designing uh and then the execution usually it goes faster you spend more time on the thinking on the planning the execution is about you don't want too many changes a great example is the bush khalifa in dubai right Mm. so these are the type of projects where waterfall you spent a lot of time in the designing the requirements but then the execution goes really fast. So these are the main characteristics of a waterfall approaches. Yeah. Spending time in definition, in the planning and execution uh, ruthless. Yeah, we're building some new nuclear power stations here in the UK at the moment. Exactly. And I, can't, I can't imagine they're, they're, they're using anything else but waterfall <laughs> for those. <laughs> exactly. So that's but, when you approach but, just waterfall. Yeah, but I guess then, you know, sort of going on to the limitations, I'm sure one of them is that if requirements change, because you do so much planning and you literally plan from the start all the way through to the finish, if something, you know, in the early stages changes, then you've got to reconfigure every single step up until until the finish, haven't you? Exactly. So that's what makes it very painful is that things will change. We know that. And the whole process on the PRINCE2 and the PMI methodologies is try to avoid any changes. And Mm -hmm. if you try to change, there's a strong governance. So it's very bureaucratic. For any change, it might take you like two weeks just on on research, on going through approvals, on checklists and governances. So it's not really fast. If you want to change in a waterfall project, it's going to take you a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of uh, work to be done. So yes, absolutely. You don't have that agility to react to changes. Okay. 
So let's 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 look at agile now. So mm. you know, think of you know what's it good for and what's it not so good yeah. for. So agile is great when you don't really know. I, I can tell listeners you want to develop a website for your business, mm. for your own. Um, you don't know. You might have some examples from others that you've seen. So you start with the concept, but you're not completely sure how it's going to look at the end product. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you start with small pieces. So Agile, <clears throat> one thing that Agile has is that maybe there's a team of 10 people working in an Agile project. The 10 people will work on the same thing for two, three weeks. That's what's called a sprint. So if you're developing your homepage, the whole team works on just one thing. So you get a lot of traction on one thing. And in two weeks, you see the homepage. Mm-hmm. On Waterfall, you'll have 10 people. Each of them might work on different things. So you don't have that. But with Agile, the fact that everybody works on the same thing with very short deadlines. So this is about two, three weeks we need to deliver. They're sitting together. So the communication, there's no room for big misunderstandings because everybody's... Th- so, so getting things quickly, uh, yeah. even if it's not the final, the minimal viable product which comes on, on that philosophy is something that you can then change you can rebuild the other good thing about agile is that maybe in three months you can already start using a Mm. product that might take one year to develop because you start building something and the feedback so this is the amazons the spotify's that they're never finished with their projects because it's constantly adjusting to the needs of the customer so i think that's the beauty of this approach is just constantly evolving short-term focus and showing value very quickly. Mm. So for a lot of organizations, it can almost become the de facto way of working. It's like you're in a constant state of agile working. You know, I'm mm. thinking of a few organizations we have um, here in Manchester, like Booking.com is, yeah. is based here in Manchester. Um, yeah. or, they, or they certainly have a very large uh, technology center here in Manchester. And mm-hmm. I know from talking to people who work there, they're in a constant state of, iteration experimentation improvements and uh, even though you know they are responsible for various different aspects of the overall um uh, offering the overall website mm-hmm. and so on and so forth there, there is always constant testing that's going on around you know different approaches and ideas coming up for you know how they could sell a bit more of this and sell a bit more of that and improve this and improve that. So it becomes the de facto way of working. There's no, it never stops. It never stops. Mm. It never stops. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, that all sounds amazing. That all sounds fantastic. And you kind of Mm -hmm. go, well, why wouldn't you use agile? So, okay, it's not perfect. What would you see as its limitations? So Agile is is that point. You don't know when it's going to be finished. You were talking about that, Roger. So Mm. if you want to schedule, you know how businesses work. They need to have a budget. They need to have a timeline. And here it's just very difficult because it's hard to estimate. When you don't know what you want, you cannot time it. You cannot uh, budget it. So that's one of the challenges. It's also, that's probably one of, the, the most important challenge is that mm. the estimation of cost and, and, and timelines, it's impossible. So that's where it fails. I think the other big issue, um, it's the, the fact that you don't document almost anything. So for some type of projects, you need documentation um, because you need to 
even when you're doing, I know you work in IT, so when you're doing a ERP or SAP implementation, you need to document requirements. You need, if you're going to roll it out across the world, you need to spend time on knowing what people want, what are the process yeah. looking like. And that piece is not very strong. What well, basically they don't um, cover. The other challenge that you find in, in principle makes a lot of sense in Agile too. They, they say you need to have the stakeholders involved, the customers involved, regularly but you know mm-hmm. as well as me that that doesn't happen especially people yeah. are so busy so if you start missing that constant feedback from key stakeholders and you don't get that your project will just derail. slow down yeah, 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 yeah. Slow down. yeah. so that's yeah, yeah. i think the three ones that i would highlight on agile um, okay. as the pitfalls or challenges you, you know i've oft, i've often described our work with okrs as kind of applying the principles of agile to mm-hmm you know, the overall organization instead of just keeping it within projects because there's there's certain ad- aspects of Agile practice which I think are really, really positive around the uh, the, the, the short, sharp uh, timelines, you know, the sprints um, and and the, 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 the fact that it's it, the kind of unit of performance is the team rather than the individual and the, yeah. the the culture that often comes with those teams around them being, you know, open and honest and transparent and psychologically safe places to exactly. you know, challenge. And, and we, we in, in the way that um, we we kind of approach OKRs, we we very much try to t- try to encourage clients to take that sort of um, approach to the way that they they run their OKRs as well, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is interesting, um, really interesting, and often quite quite revolutionary, I think, to for a lot of organisations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with um, you know, with your you, you, you know your your focus on hybrid and and uh, great to hear that you that you're going to be doing some research on that can you give us an idea because like you said there's there's kind of it's kind of organically evolving some yeah. some practitioners are kind of taking the up the mantle themselves and finding their mm-hmm. own way of doing this can you give us any examples of 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 projects which you know have kind of been run in a hybrid way that have actually done really well from that yeah, there's several ones. I, I think one of them well, well known is Tesla, for example. Tesla uses the, the more waterfall for the production of their cars um, um, when they plan a new car. And then the whole software update is done on agile approaches. So uh, I have not found out what is in precisely the, the methods that they use, but the concept of, of mm-hmm. detailed planning uh, one piece of the, the 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 product, and the other one uh, having that agile approach is, is well known. Another one which is well known is Sarah, the retailer. So they also have some kind of top down planning on the yeah. new releases uh, throughout the year, but also the the way they develop the products, the new garments, the uh, is <laughs> is done in a super agile way. So yeah. you start finding some of these companies, which is more than just one project. Is is Part of what you do is that strategy implementation is a, a philosophy of ways of working where you have some top-down planning for following up, but then also the bottom-up is mostly in in very iterative way done. So Tesla, um, yeah. Sara are some of the examples I use. Um, and I've developed like a set of five questions that people can use. So I can send you this Roger, and, and I don't know if you allow people to download, people can use this 
to test sure. it. So uh, based on what my research so far, you can answer five quick questions about your project or your phase you are in the project and we'll tell you, well, for that type of project, better use waterfall. For that type of project, use agile. For that part, or use hybrid. Um, so I can happily share that. Yeah, we can put those in the show notes. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Okay, so Antonio, I just wanted to wrap up with um, just uh, 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 giving you the opportunity to share with with our listeners a little bit about your um, strategy implementation institute, um, which mm. is which is I, I don't know where you find the time for everything that you do. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, people are listening to us because they're interested in OKRs, which is all part of strategy implementation. So just just tell us. My, bit more about the institute with you roger i i I tell you a bit the the history of the strategy implementation i've been professional in project management project management director for all my career more than 25 years one of the most common frustrations or requests that i got from senior project managers working my team or colleagues they say what's next i'm Mm -hmm. going to be doing PMO for the next 20 years of my life so (laughs) the the career path for People working in projects is very limited, these projects, Mm. projects, projects. And then how do you elevate? So I couldn't see anything. You could go for an MBA. You could maybe start your own startup, but um, organizational-wide, there's no career. And, And I thought... For me, the next level is becoming broader, no? So it's strategy implementation. Knowing that this is a field that has not been developed very much, you have the balance scorecard, you have OKRs, and not much more. And and so I thought, what if I develop that for people who are in this space who want to grow? And 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 that was the main reason. I, I like you, you were saying. I think. You need to have the strategy, but I think what makes the big difference in companies is the execution, mm-hmm. and 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 that's a big gap. And I see the gap in there, and so I partnered with Robin Speculant, who's an expert on execution in Asia Pacific, and so we developed this course. It's online. It's just super simple. It's thirty-two hours, and we had about three hundred people going through them. People with experience like me, and they really found it very useful and they open the way to do other type of job not just pmo type of projects mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. so that's kind of where i wanted to um, to develop this institute and it's, it's kind of a course it's a learning it's a community that's what we do we do don't do consulting it's just education right it's just education so you you mentioned there's a community so pe- <clears throat> can people join the community without doing the qualification or yeah they can work? but they just need to become members i think it's 100 dollars okay. and then we have a week a monthly call <laughs> we bring keys keynote speakers yeah. robin talks about digital transformation i talk about my stuff on projects so it's like very lively very international you get people from everywhere okay. and and so yeah i can send you the link and anybody interested uh, uh maybe we we can do something together, Roger, because I like what you're doing and I think there's much need of what you're doing everywhere. Well, definitely. I mean, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, there's going to be a fair few things in the show notes for uh, mm-hmm. listeners yeah. to, to, to look at as a result of this. But, um, you know, Antonio, I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm uh, super grateful for, you know, you, you, you giving up your, your time for us. Um, 
I think it's an area which which needs to be looked at, it, and and for those that we work with on OKRs, they absolutely do get involved in in projects uh, yeah. along the way. Yeah, and I, and I think it's uh, it, it, it's really important to kind of understand what comes next. You know, they exactly. do the OKRs, that's fine, but then what comes next after that? How do they then actually get that? You know, uh, get get the momentum going in mm. the organisation to achieve those those particular key results. So, yeah, hopefully this has kind of in, it enlightened a few things for, um, for for listeners, and also it gives them the opportunity to contribute to uh, maybe some research over the coming weeks as well. So yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you once again for joining us, Antonio. And uh, thank you as well to you for uh, tuning in to another episode of Giant Talk. Uh, I'm Roger, and I shall be with you again in the very near future. So take care. Thank you, Roger. Bye-bye.